2012, a new calendar year. Um, perhaps as you start this year, you have hope and energy for lots of, lots of great things. Perhaps you've, you've made some New Year's resolutions, things you want to stick to, to this year to improve yourself in some way. Uh, perhaps you've made those resolutions and have already broken them. And what I like to do in every year is take three words and have them help lead me and guide me throughout the year. This, this past year, 2011, my, my words were acceleration, mindfulness, and learning. This year, my three words are simplify, share, and balance. Not only do we have an opportunity this year to improve ourselves emotionally, physically, financially, but we also have an opportunity to improve ourselves spiritually. But it doesn't all happen at once. As I said, one of my, one of my words last year was learning, and something that I really wanted to do was um, not only continue with my education as a pastor, but also read books um, or do some, some sort of learning activity that wasn't related to the church or theology or something like that. So my goal, one of my goals was to read um, a book every single month um, that didn't have relation to the church. Um, the only one that I really got through was Steve Jobs' biography, but um, I, that did, I did learn some stuff there, but um, I wasn't able to accomplish that goal. And one of the reasons why I think New Year's resolutions and stuff like that are dangerous is because we tend to go from not doing anything or, or doing it rarely or not that often to try to do something new every single day, every single week, or every single month. Uh, we want to make significant changes in our lives, and, and sometimes unless we take smaller steps, we don't have the capacity to do that. And I was talking about this with my uh, trainer at No Mercy Fitness the other day. We were talking about New Year's resolutions and how a lot of people make resolutions to become healthier. And, um, and I've, I've done that a number of times in the past, and... So every year I might want to go and, and join a gym and go, and I, I think that I'm as strong as I was in, it, back in high school. Um, now back in high school, because I played football and that sort of stuff, I worked out a lot, and I could bench press 200 pounds and, and squat 400 pounds, but that was after months and months and months of training. And 10 to 15 years of not really working out that much, I imagine that I'd still be that strong. So I pushed my, myself very hard and I would end up overdoing things and not really being able to walk out of the gym afterwards. And then I would eventually give up. And my trainer and I were talking about this and he said something very interesting. He said, I don't care who you are or what you do. No one can make changes overnight. And what he said kind of echoed with me throughout the week, especially as I thought in light of today's text. No one changes overnight. Well, with a lot of things when it comes to um, the resolutions we make or, or our lives in general, that, that is true. But there is a space for me to disagree with that statement. As I look at today's gospel lesson, Jesus was in the River Jordan and he was baptized by John. And then right after, we didn't read it this morning, but right after that, he goes immediately into the wilderness. There was immediate change after Jesus was baptized. The verses that follow today's lesson says, 
the Spirit immediately drove him into the wilderness. And he was in the wilderness for 40 days, tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild beasts, and the angels waited on him. After Jesus was baptized, he immediately went off into the wilderness, off into the world, which he didn't find easy because he was tempted. Jesus' spirit empowered his ministry as it began. And because he was baptized, he then took the next steps and he immediately proclaimed the good news. He, he told people to repent and believe. And then he called his first disciples to surround him as a community. We too are brought into the Christian faith through our baptism. But that doesn't guarantee that things are going to be easy. Because God's grace is already there. God's, God loves us no matter what. But what our baptism does is it welcomes us fully into the Christian community. We are making promises to our faith and the community that surrounds us makes promises on our behalf as well. And then we are sent off into the world changed by what has happened. Every day, it seems like we may be tempted by one thing or another. We're not sure how we're going to experience our fears, our hopes, and dreams. And then we hear the words, You are my child, loved and beloved. With you I am well pleased. Baptism is a place where God does something to us. Somehow our faith is strengthened by knowing that our faith doesn't have to measure up to our expectations or the expectations of the world around us. I don't know about you, but I really like that. I like knowing that baptism is, is something that God does to me, not because how hard I try or how faithful I am or, or how many things I can do, but I know because I know that I will not always be pleasing to God. I will sin, I will mess up one way or another, but then again, it's not really up to me. In our baptism, we gather around the font and we are told that we are loved by God. We are cared for by God. And because we are baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. And then we are pleased in God's sight. The power of baptism comes when we link up God's Spirit with simple things like water, like bread, like wine. When we mix water and the Word of God, that's what gives us baptism. When we have bread and wine and we have the Word of God, then we have the Lord's Supper. God takes simple things and uses His Word to transform our lives. The covenant that Jesus is fulfilling in each of us in our baptism includes all the way back in the Old Testament with, with Noah and Abraham and Moses. But he takes that covenant, that promise, and he completes it through the forgiveness of the cross and the promise of the resurrection. Baptism washes the outside and the inside. It washes the parts that we cannot see, that, the parts that we cannot find, the parts that only God can get at. We see the same power in our baptism as Jesus saw. When we are baptized, the heavens open up, or they're torn apart, and the gift of the Holy Spirit comes down upon us and is accompanied by the blessings of God. And only for this reason, 
I believe that we have the power to enter the wilderness, to enter the world, and face the challenges that are before us. This, read I, this week I read an announcement of the death of someone, and it said that this person completed their baptismal journey. And I love that. I think that is fantastic. It's a promise that I look for when I prepare myself, when I prepare a sermon for someone's funeral. I am looking for words of hope to give a family who is grieving, to be able to remind them that the forgiveness that Jesus has already given to us has washed away all of our sins, and that has come through their baptism. Instead of talking about how good a person is, I look for the mark that says the resurrection is sealed on them as well. And that promise was given to me on August 7th, 1978. My own baptism. And because of, because of that, we are never asked to venture out on the road that God has set before us without first recognizing the blessing that God has already given to us. When we hear this promise at our own baptism, we hear God's similar affirmation of us as God's own beloved children throughout our lives. We can't predict what's going to happen this year. We can make as many resolutions as we like, and we may achieve all of them. Or we could find, find ourselves walking in the wilderness. But all I know is that we can survive our challenges. We can survive all that comes before us and flourish because of the grace, mercy, and peace of our almighty God. So what I'd like for you to do today is to start your year off with, <clears throat> with a blessing. Words to hear from someone else in our faith community, a community that is brought together to support one another in our baptismal promises. So if you take a moment and open up your bulletin um, to the page where, where it says Sermon, Hymn of the Day, and there is a line here after that says, You are a child of God, blessed, loved, and forgiven because of Jesus Christ. And this, yes, it is a typo in there. Um, it's not forgiven, it's forgiven. So what I'd like you to do is to turn to your neighbor, um, someone next to you, and make the sign of the cross on their forehead and say the words to them, you are a child of God, blessed, loved, and forgiven because of Jesus Christ. If you could take a couple of minutes and then when we are done, we will move into the hymn of the day.